1: How to dream, cowboys. Welcome back to the Westworld Fan Podcast Season 1 Recap. Today we're going through Season 1, Episode 9, The Well-Tempered Clavier, talking about what we still like and what we're not into anymore. I'm Ryan. And I'm Justin. And this is the Westworld Podcast. Hey, you're not James. Oops. Yeah, right. James is busy doing work on his thesis. He just got something dropped on him by a professor out of the blue. So he is taking episode 9 and episode 10 of our rewatch off. But he will be back on April 22nd, or at least the day after April 22nd, the Monday after when we record our show, for the season 1 premiere of Westworld. But because he's doing his thesis, and because we only have about a week left until the actual premiere... Our pal Justin, who you all met uh, during the season one retrospective that we did. That was me. Yep. It is here and is just helping us out. One perk is that, you know, while James and I do this from separate continents during the morning and the evening, respectively, Justin and I are in the same room right now. And you smell good. That's false. So. Correct. Okay. Okay. I'll, one thing I did learn this week, which I talked to Justin a little bit about prior to recording, is that James definitely has a harder job than I do. <laughs> All I have to do is just hear what the plot is, and then I say something dumb after. James actually has to like keep everything together and move things along. It's a job I've never had to do, but I will be taking that role this week, and Justin will be taking over my role, which, uh, Justin, you have a lot to live up to. Uh, you don't. You, you actually know, don't. You I'm awful was easy, at it. <laughs> it, so is, it is easy. So I plan easy. It is easy. Go I swear to you, it's easy peasy. It's going to be fine. Jeffrey Wright was nominated for this episode. Bernard, or Bernard, as Tandy Newton's mave calls him. Bernard. Ba- Bernard. Yeah. Uh, he was nominated for this episode, episode nine. I mentioned last episode that you can only, apparently, I guess, for the Emmys, nominate one person per episode like for the major awards Mm. like supporting and and regular so for this episode episode nine Jeffrey Wright got nominated the episode prior to this Tandy Newton got nominated and prior to that it was Anthony Hopkins got episode seven nominated for him while Dolores slash Evan Rachel Wood got episode 10 nominated for her which I think of course is makes sense she's (laughs) the star of the show she's the actual star of the show and and the engine that goes along but i'll ask you the same question that i asked james last week which was do you think that jeffrey wright's bernard or bernard deserved the episode nine nod which by the way at the end of this none of them won that's true so did jeffrey wright deserve the episode nine nod or do you believe that anthony hopkins got screwed with the seventh episode and Tandy newton could have probably fallen anywhere on the season and done a a great job. She, her character is like the breakout star of the season, t- to be argued. But do you think he got screwed? I am
0: uh, a little biased towards Mr. Actually Sir Anthony Hopkins. Right. A lot of people would be <laughs> uh, naturally. I think whenever he was on the screen in any episode, could have been nominated. Really. Right. He's just like a powerful person to have there, regardless. But as far as episode nine for uh, good old uh, Burn. Bernard? Am I? We're Bernard? Bernard? Okay,
1: it, it is confirmed. I wouldn't say cheated. Yeah, um, but it was more along the lines of uh, right. You know. And I'm and I'm not putting down Jeffrey Wright's Bernard. I love Bernard. He he him and Maeve both play moments of betrayal very very well, mm-hmm. which they're going through on a episode basis. <laughs> like they learn and relearn things that are just just awful. They're good with pain, right? They're <laughs> really good with pain because you know. let him marinate give him he gave him time which we'll get into at the end of the episode but so let's get into it there's a lot that happens in episode nine but before we get to the actual episode i have to talk about the creators of westworld recently i think a day or two ago did a reddit ama Mm -hmm. jonah nolan and lisa joy they answered a bunch of questions but i think the best thing that came out of it hands down was Mm -hmm. they uh they posted something to the effect of hey you guys try to pick apart episodes all the time. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to post in a YouTube video telling you every twist and turn of of season two. So you'll know exactly what's right and what's wrong. If you don't want to watch it, you don't have to. But if you do, you can. And, and Reddit kind of at the same time, we're like, no, don't do it. <laughs> but they did it anyway. Uh-huh. But as it turns out, and I, as I hopefully kind of predicted in my heart slash like what I wanted, what is? But actually, I didn't even predict how good it could have been because they actually rickrolled us. See,
0: the thing: not only was the the rickroll itself so good as yeah. far as from you know the film, the music perspective, but the fact of the matter was is that rickroll came in. It was a meme, and it had its heyday. It had its time. It's dead. It died.
1: It's dead. But they just they brought it did. back.
0: It, it, I, I don't know if it's brought back, but. My God, this should be the end. They redefined it, is what they did. 100%. And
1: at the same time, Evan Rachel Wood can sing. (laughs) And Clementine Pennyfeather Best name, Angela Safarian, (laughs) can play (laughs) piano. It looks like she was sight reading, like, yeah, this is not just another thing I can do perfectly. (laughs) And then to make it a 30 minute long episode after like the first four minutes of Rickroll, it's just 26 minutes of a dog who I believe at the end they say is dead because they dedicated the YouTube video to him. Which is also sad. This show brings a lot of sadness on a lot lot of accounts. Yeah, so many emotions, most of them sadness. (laughs) So let's get into the actual episode. Watching the previously on Westworld for this episode reminded me that when the man in black went to go see who he really was by killing Maeve and and her daughter, something that will haunt her forever and, and affect her very last moment of this season, she actually stabbed him. Like, what he kept saying was, like, she was alive. But what he means by that is, she stabbed him in the neck like she would Sylvester. So, he's actually talking about, when he says that he felt alive, all he's really talking about is, I want the violence to be real. And he keeps saying that. But, like, all this season, he gets the crap kicked out of him more and more. Even so, to the point where, like, at the end, he gets shot. And... joy. He's happy, (laughs) right? Which is one of the better moments, I think, of the season where Ed Harris gets shot and you'd think like anyone else. Like, if you got shot, would you smile? No. no. Nope. Uh, I think I wouldn't react for about, maybe, I'd give myself
0: three to four seconds of just pure shock. Right. Um, And I would then probably w- uh, wail. A right. A l- little, at least.
1: Within the past two days of that moment, he got almost hanged by a horse and got the crap kicked out of him in uh in the church by Dolores who and which is you know actual violence as well he got his head smashed into a rock by Angela the the person yeah her name I never (laughs) remembered her name yeah played by Tallulah Riley who first met him in Logan at the park 30 years prior so he's getting a lot of violence. I think he's actually, like, found the thing he wants and his doesn't violence. realize it, right? Violence against him is just what his main goal is. And he keeps time. talking about it like it's not happening to him. He's getting the crap kicked out of him on a pretty constant basis these days. He's insatiable. Yeah, he really is, to the point where he gets shot and they're like, and he's like, oh, yeah, there it is. He wants death. There. Really. Well, that's true. When <laughs> uh, We'll get. Okay, we'll get. <laughs> I, okay, I, we're now nine minutes in, haven't covered one all thing right, of the right, episode. Right, we're going right. to do this. Okay. After being pulled in for analysis, Maeve pretends to be functioning in standby mode while Bernard interrogates her. Having acquired administrative privileges to control other hosts, she freezes Bernard briefly and reveals to him his identity as a host. Bernard was very, very bewildered. He was sad. <laughs> he was sad. He's sad so many times in two straight episodes over and over and over. But again, like that is the trauma. That's the soup, the gumbo that, that Ford is trying to make here. And it seems like it's it's working. Especially on Bernard.
0: Right. Of, of all the hosts.
1: Yeah. And this is a great scene between Tanny Newton's Maeve and Jeffrey Wright's Bernard, wh- which, uh, again, I'll say I, I was a naysayer on the Maeve storyline the first time around. Same. The second time around, I think it's my favorite one. And uh, Justin made a head nod that he doesn't <laughs> agree, but that's great. Not agreeing is the cornerstone <laughs> of podcasting. We're here. Yeah, we're here. We're ready to roll. Bernard, who at this point in time was already wiped of his memory of killing Teresa and of realizing he's a host, reconfronts his identity crisis, has a bad time. And Maeve convinces Bernard to let her back into the park while she encourages him to search for the deeper truth concerning himself.
0: Which are uh, all the answers that his creator may or
1: may not have. Right, and the person he doesn't know yet but will know pretty soon to be... The person he was designed after completely. We jump over to Logan and William 30 years prior to the events. Logan is Hand of the King. We we zoom in on him. He has kind of the Hand of the King thing from Game of Thrones. He says he's a major of the Confederados gang now. Hand of the King. He's the Hand of the King. If we're all being honest with ourselves. Logan takes the captured William and Dolores to a Confederado camp. William tries to convince Logan to use his contacts in the park to smuggle Lo- Dolores to safety, but Logan instead cuts open Dolores' belly to show William she's not real. I think
0: the funniest part about Logan's character is, especially with William 30 years in the past, is the fact that William was, or still did, was supposed to marry his sister. Right. So this entire time he's like, dude, this robot chick, like, she's the best. And he's like, hey, man. Remember that bro thing we were supposed to do to connect?
1: We're literally going to be... You're m- going to be my brother-in-law. My sister. My sister. <laughs> and my father, James Delos, who mm-hmm. we saw in the trailer, but, and, we, and is Logan's father, but uh, who, you know, we're going to meet pretty soon. That's pretty interesting. Yes. For a moment before Logan opens Dolores up, Dolores says something, like, really heavy. And Logan is, for a quick moment, looks at her like, oh, uh... That's interesting. Like almost getting it. And then he like wipes that away from you. He's like, all right, stab, stab, stab. Yeah. Screw that. No, never mind. Never mind. I'm going to stab her anyway. <laughs> During that scene. Also, Jimmy Simpson, as William says, he, don't touch her, which really is like, you will not touch her waifu. <laughs> from uh, the McPoyles. And it's always sunny, <laughs> which is also his like best, uh, best other role. Hands down. In response to Dolores getting cut open, Dolores, who, just like Bernard, just realized she was a robot and is having a bad time already, cuts Logan in the face and manages to escape. While running away, she finds that the cut Logan has made in her, you know, in her stomach is mysteriously vanished. Flashback. It's a flashback. (laughs) It's two different times, which is like. On the second time through, you're like, it's much more clear. You're like, yeah. oh, okay, she's just doing this a bunch of times, and we're seeing two separate ones of those. But the first time through, I was just like, oh, she's magic.
0: <laughs> she's a wizard. <laughs> she's a wizard.
1: <laughs> you're a wizard, Dolores. Time-traveling wizard Dolores. Yeah. Hagrid coming up to her. She's living under the stairs. And a motorbike and everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So we see her back in another timeline, reliving her journey to the center of the maze in the present. Logan, 30 years prior, makes amends with William, promising that whatever happens in the park stays in the park. Vegas, bro. Vegas, dude. We can do anything here. We can kill a hooker. and Everything's fine.
0: I won't tell my sister. It
1: is not fine. Never. It's not going to be fine. And also, what you're, you're, she's really pining over Dolores. That's not my sister. What are you, what's up, man? Yeah. I kind of get it from Logan's perspective, even though he's a giant
0: dick. I mean, he was a giant dick the whole time. Yeah, then, like, it's
1: not a surprise. Right, and when William finally
0: was like, hey, man, I get it. I'll be a dick, too. Logan's like, oh, I'm the dick. <laughs> but that's me. That's
1: my job. Well, you're doing a good job, but it's me, man. And also, you're very scary. Which leads me to this part where Logan awakes the next morning after they kind of make amends. And finds that William has slaughtered all the confederados. Murdered. Murdered. Which, by the way, the episode prior to this, when he and Dolores were trying to get to Escalante, mm-hmm. uh, and then she walks away for a moment, with, and they had that other host who was, like, almost dead, and then Dolores came back and the host was dead. And, like, William definitely did that. 100%. It's, you know, you're getting these little hints, like, no, this guy is a little, <laughs> he's a little off his rocker. William says that he's figured out, quote, how to play the game and threatens Logan into helping him to find Dolores. So that was the moment he kind of broke and was like, well, I guess this is my game because he lies to he lies to Logan knowing that he was going to wake up the next morning, kill all the Confederados, put Logan in some uh, tie Logan up and be like, "Okay, I'm the boss. I am. I am the captain now, which was one of the better. I am the captain now moments in any
0: other equivalent
1: right and he's like not he, even tom hanks he
0: rode off on a naked cowboy or a naked uh, horse yeah. uh he's crazy he's crazy
1: <laughs> james i don't know about your son he seems like a little bit of a kook you know what you should do give me his job and the company and then as he's like oh by the way don't call me billy oh uh, you can call me the man in black <laughs> i wear a, i wear a way cooler hat now we jump back to bernard who is now aware he's a host again and he confronts Ford and forces him to restore all of his memories despite Ford's warnings that it could damage him. Bernard and Ford discuss the fact that Arnold was the heavy lifter when it comes to creating and coding the hosts. And insinuates that Ford killed him for it. Bernard insinuates that Ford killed him for it. That's a big thing. He just keeps saying, like, you killed Arnold, you killed Arnold. And Ford is like, no. Oh, man,
0: I didn't. I'm going to wait that.
1: till the end to tell you what that actually is. But I will say no for right now. Instead of even just
0: outright be like, no, dude, I didn't do that. He's just... Anthony Hopkins. He to Anthony Hopkins smirk. out. Yeah. Ugh.
1: Hannibal Smirk. <laughs> as we know now, Dolores was the one who actually killed Arnold at his word. She was, he programmed her to do so. So Ford gains a big grin and it's like, okay, whatever, dude. I'm not unlocking your memory to which Bernard gets Clementine Pennyfeather best name, who, as we remember, got lobotomized. Mm. And so he's like, well, I can't kill you, but Clem can and hands her the gun. Ford knows he has a back door this entire time, uh, but is honestly impressed by Bernard's moxie, I believe. And to be frank, his own genius kind of patting himself on the back. Like I'm doing
0: it. like, instead of stopping it, he's just like, oh,
1: we'll see how far this goes. You're I'm right. really good at this. It feels like this is the farthest Bernard has ever gone. Cause later he'd go like, you know, all the way, right. You you're in a loop too. You've done, you've, you've awoken multiple times. Maeve's awoken multiple times. Dolores has awoken multiple times, but this time feels a little different. So Bernard's living Arnold's pain over the death of Arnold's son, which is, you know, built in as the cornerstone for Bernard. And it's real because it feels personal. Ford plays his wife. We, we go back in that Skype conversation where Gina Torres from Firefly Serenity, she played Zoe, I believe. And then it kind of glitches out. And Ford was his wife the whole time. That has to be like a lot of his day. <laughs> And it was just a little awkward. Oh, gross. Real <laughs> it, gross. It's gross. It's, Ford had to do a few things here that feel overbearing. Just a deep sigh. <sighs> <sighs> but he knows as he's doing it, like, <sighs> I'm causing so much trauma. All this trauma is going to really help him out when he has to kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> as he's going back in memories, he also remembers choking Elsie. But... I'm so glad you threw the butt out. <laughs> I threw that butt out. Threw it right out there. First off, Shannon Woodward tweeted today: mm-hmm. I will be back. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that is pretty straightforward. Two options, obviously. They're gonna
0: Game of Thrones out if you don't see the characters. Stannis' head ripped off their entire body. They're still alive, right? Or, our, or um, Ford is
1: just going to make her a host. Right. And she's technically still because back. in the flashback, Bernard is, ch- n- is choking her with dead eyes. Oh, yeah. So something has to happen between her dying that like five seconds later after it cuts out to save her. Right. But we she actually comes back later. And we'll get to that, which we, we can talk about Mr. Ashley Stubbs, who almost never comes up. Also going back through his mind, Bernard sees the aftermath of the man in black murdering Maeve. And questions how a host could kill herself like this, which makes him glitch out. We see one of the times where he awakes himself there, actually, and it's through the actions of another host. Which is cool because, like, he awakens in that moment because of something that he thought about. Right, and that Arnold did in the past. Right. Which he, at that point, doesn't know he is Bernard Arnold. Right. Bernard Yeah. Bernard then finally lets go of the memory of his son and remembers when he was first activated. In, I would say, I think one of the saddest scenes of the whole series. The scene in which Bernard is ported back into the thought of his son dying and then, like, freezes everybody and takes them out and is like, I have to say goodbye. Yeah. So, he's, this is his cornerstone. Something that Anthony Hopkins' character says, like, if you get rid of the cornerstone... That's it. You go crazy, but Bernard takes the step out and and has to say goodbye to his son, or at least the memory of his son, to 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 rid him of that evil. Do you have thoughts on the scene slash what it had to do or how Ford in, informed that moment? I like the whole concept
0: behind that. Seeing as you had Bernard's cornerstone the entirety of the show, thinking he was Bernard, yeah. Then you caught glimpse of him maybe being Arnold, maybe who knows what this is. And then the moment where he's accepting that he was a host, it was almost like a double death. You had to deal with the his loss of his son that you felt sad for him for. And then you were like, oh my god, it's fake. And then he's like, I have to give this up. And you're like, this is devastating. Right. It's
1: it and it's the amount of trauma. Like, if you had to rank all the hosts for the amounts of trauma that they endure. I think probably number one, my number one might be Dolores, to be frank. But like Dolores and Bernard are up there. And then Maeve really hadn't, she had lived a life, you know, other than the time where she was brutally stabbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, she had lived a life of, you know, being, she got moved around and, and she wasn't really into it until Dolores was like, Violent Delights of Violent and she, she sta- and she changed. But like, right. that's why Maeve's storyline, I think, is one of my favorites of this season because we see all of it. Right. From the beginning to Super Mave, Super Mave, Right. Super Mave off the train. She, Oh, my God. Oh yeah, we're going to talk there. about the train. <laughs> I love the train so much. The first time I hated the train, second time, love the train. We're going we're <laughs> to okay. get to that. Bernard, in another flashback, sees how Ford bestowed the name upon him of Bernard and shows him a picture of himself and Arnold upon which Bernard is based. Finally learning the truth, Bernard declares that he will rebel against Ford and free all of the sentient hosts. When you saw it first, like, Clemens there with a gun, Bernard is there being like, okay, okay, we're done here. Did you think Bernard had a shot at that moment? No, never. Why? I will never bet against Ford. Okay, because at the beginning, Ford was a crotchety old man who kind of felt insane and kind of felt like if he got fired, it would be for just cause. Uh, but toward, um, but at the end, like uh, this is a tough question to ask in episode nine. I think in episode five or six it would be a more interesting answer. But now right. that we know that like Ford is the cook, the dude, of everything of all of this because he's had thirty years to think and reflect and be like, oh, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. How do I fix this? That he's like he's thought of
0: everything. He's the guy, and I don't know if you want to. I think it would pertain more to episode ten. So I'm going to hold back on the total thought, but the fact of him kind of doubling back on his view of real Arnold before he was Bernard Arnold was probably one of the more interesting twists of a character line. Ford
1: explains to Bernard (laughs) that the self-aware hosts would not survive if set free. He quotes, Humans are alone in this world for a reason. We murdered and butchered anything that challenged our primacy. Bernard attempts to kill Ford, but Ford uses a backdoor in Bernard's code to disable him and Clementine. The whole time. He knew. He's a mastermind. He knew. Don't bet against him. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) Well, I can't now. I guess, technically. Ah, Yeah, ah, I know, maybe. I know, maybe. I know. know. (laughs) This is so so many vagaries in one (laughs) show, but it's the show's fault. It's not our fault. Ford laments that he built Bernard in Arnold's image and allowed him to become self-aware in the hopes that he would willingly join him, which Arnold refused to do also, seeing that his experiment had failed, Ford forces the still-aware Bernard to commit suicide. Tough. So, uh, and, like, and also Clementine's just kind of sitting there as a dead, just, just there, and doesn't even know this is going on. So, when he killed himself there, was Bernard dead to you? He was to me. I... I'll go back to the the Game of Thrones
0: theory on that. But it's, he
1: did; he shot himself in the head. I know uh, it was proven. Literally, it. he's been shot before, I know. and they brought him back. I know. But yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I it's hard because he hasn't been shot before. He's about to get shot. He he gets brought back by Maeve when it, when she goes down there. But yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was dead. They're not dead until their head comes up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. So according to the trailer, Bernard clones are real, though. We see we saw in the season two trailer, and this is a thing I couldn't say last week because James hadn't watched the trailer. And if he's listening to this right now, I've just spoiled it for him. But in the Uh season two trailer... What do do you got to do? In the season two trailer, Tessa Thompson's character, Charlotte uh, Hale, comes upon like five or six clones of Bernard inferring that this has happened multiple times and he's gone through multiple iterations. So, So... And which means that Charlotte knows now that Bernard's a host. But also... Right before Robert Ford has Bernard shoot himself, he kind of does another voice Bernard does. It kind of feels like Arnold talking through him for a moment, like a ghost in the shell kind of thing. But even that voice couldn't save him. Now, did Robert Ford do this knowing that Maeve would... I mean, he wrote the Maeve thing that Maeve would go down and and save him, right? Yeah, because he had to, because then Bernard shows Maeve all the things, and Maeve's like, nah, but... All of that had to happen to get Maeve to where she was. So I think Ford knew, had to have known, that he was going to come back to life again. I mean, maybe, and this could be
0: Anthony Hopkins just doing a wonderful job at making me feel comfortable in whatever he's doing, Yeah, as him just knowing everything. And anything that happens inside the park, I'm more prone to just go no he's he, he
1: knows he knew he, know, he, he knows what's going on right he's got it so he knew he wasn't saying goodbye to yeah. his friends no, not at all not for the last time and this has happened over and over and over again just like a lot of the other loops have right and that is for a reason it's the gumbo <laughs> i'm gonna keep saying it's the gumbo the gumbo until yeah, we get it, to the gumbo it's the gumbo for the gumbo i'm hungry let's do it okay <laughs> going back to mave Maeve meets Hector back in the park and, and convinces him to help her escape when she correctly predicts his crew's actions and shows him the safe he stole is empty. Not a Nothing in there, and there will never be anything in there, Hector, so you should help me, because you're great. And in that moment, he just... Yeah. He yep. was like, yep, he's oh, an yep. outlaw. He's like, yeah, sounds good. Perfect. Let's Murdering? Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> she even... Un- helps him unlock some of Hector's previous memories. The two have sex after Hector agrees to help her and Maeve tips over a kerosene lamp to start a fire, intending to kill them both so hard that they actually have to be remade. Getting rid of the C6 explosive that is in her, and so she can pretty much, you know, leave the park and be fine. I think one of the things that I have here is that she was going to bring him
0: to hell, and he had mentioned, like... Oh, like how do you get to hell? And the 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 line of Oh, getting to hell is easy. It's getting out that's the hard. Yeah, it part. was a
1: campy scene. But I but it was fine. Loved it.
0: Yep. like we are just going to light this bitch on fire. As
1: it was happening, I was like this is campy, <laughs> but it's good. So good. But it's good. Xerxes is so hot. <laughs> I don't know. Anywho, <laughs> Hector has a telling line here where he says We've been here before, though. He says that mm-hmm. he knows in his brain. And when it all comes back, he's like, Oh, this is we've done this. Oh, like everybody else, we've done this multiple times. Implying, implying that the truth that we know now, even this was scripted by Ford. Again, this is going to be a common theme of these two episodes. Like Ford, check, check. I think a really interesting part of this scene, though, that I really, I gained on the second watching was that. Those were two as close to sentient robots as possible. And they were burning themselves to kill themselves. Maeve knew that it was written for Maeve that they, that she had to be, you know, burned. So they remade her, but it felt like when they were having that sex in the tent, they were intense in a tent. It felt like, it felt like they were making a decision for the first time. Like it was two almost people deciding to like, to have intercourse and it's not written for them or, but like, I, I don't know because it could have all been Ford, but it, it felt like the two actors, at least it felt they were confessing to each other that this was real for the first time.
0: Right. And I don't, mm, it, it's hard to believe or understand that even though I'm just majorly in camp Ford, yeah, for sure that he's behind everything. He knows what's going on as far as two robots to, I mean, I guess you could write it, but that, like you said, the actor's performance made it feel like it was these. Do, they know what's up. They're right. they're
1: doing this. Perfectly. This is their first sentient sex of their entire lives, and <laughs> so they're like, oh, cool. This is different. This is not awful. No, right. I get it. I get this now. <laughs> Going back to Teddy and Wyatt and the Man in Black, thirty years or at least in the present, Teddy still convinced that Wyatt forced him to kill his own men has a flashback of himself killing the townspeople of Escalante, including Angela. The Man in Black remarks that Teddy screwed them as they found the one person who could lead to the center of the maze. He just had a memory glitch and totally messed it up. Angela remarks that Teddy is not ready to join them yet, but perhaps in the next life and stabs and kills him in the present. Teddy dies again. He'll never learn. No. I watched uh, Jimmy Simpson recap Westworld recently in under six minutes. It's on the TV over there. I watched it very recently. I glanced. Right. (laughs) Teddy's not even in the recap. (laughs) Like, he needs so much more to do, which I think he's going to. It looks like he's kind of, like, the second in command of Dolores' army in the yeah. second season. D- D- Teddy would do anything for you, a Ford line. He doesn't need to be sentient. He just needs to be... Helpful. Helpful. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. Exactly. When Wyatt, slash, you know, Dolores, returns, you'll be by my side in the city swallowed by sin, which is a line... I think, in the trailer by Dolores, you know, and we see not in the trailer, but a line from this season. And we see Teddy by his, her side in the, in the trailer for the second season. After being knocked out by Angela, the man in black wakes up to the next morning to find a noose around his neck leashed to a saddle of a horse, which is like a fun little side quest that Ford wrote exactly for him. Don't die. <laughs> right. He's like writing harder quests for an expert level player. He grabs the knife, which Angela stabbed Teddy with and frees himself just as the horse gallops away. Right afterwards, he encounters Charlotte, who walks up to him and who, whilst trying to gain his vote to remove Ford, reveals him to be a longtime member of the board of directors and the majority stakeholder of Delos.
0: And as the majority stakeholder of Delos and someone who is in a position to make crazy decisions with a lot of money, I thought it was hilarious his attitude. Like, hey man, we need this
1: vote. Like, what are you going to vote? He, ah. I don't care. In the <laughs> retrospective you had a you actually had a line that was like get out of my room, mom, <laughs> which I was like, oh, Justin said a cool line. Good uh, job. Good did, job, did, Justin. I did one thing. You did a thing. <laughs> the man in black indifferently agrees. He's like, yeah, whatever. Get forward or out. I don't care. Uh, he's not the guy who wrote the stuff that I care about. He's talking about Arnold, of course. We then fast forward or not really fast forward, but around the same time where Ashley Stubbs played by the oldest Hemsworth brother, Luke investigates a signal from Elsie's handheld device in a remote section of the park and is ambushed by Ghost Nation warriors who ignore his voice commands to stand down. He's not dead. No, I don't think he is. (laughs) Not at all. I think he's a Stannis as well as Elsie as well as Tessa Thompson, who we'll get to, but at the end they don't show her die either when Dolores is shooting into the crowd. Yeah. So is it possible... That Elsie is now like the leader of the Ghost Nation, like silently and like a rebel leader with them. And is yeah, maybe. Like the Ghost Nation and she's like, Go get my friend Ashley.
0: Oh, and instead of attacking, they were like, Come with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 need
1: you to we need to bring you to our leader, Elsie, and she's just in the park now and she's like,
0: Oh yeah, these guys, Ghost Nation. Well then wouldn't Bernard have to have something to do with that? Right, something because
1: he couldn't have killed her and something had to have happened in that moment for him not to kill her. If Elsie knew maybe a line that could shut Bernard down, right? She could have got or, out of that, right? And then in that moment learned that Either he knows. was a host. Oh, that probably is how it happens.
0: Cool, caught it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Heard it here first.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. And then there was a thing on the Delos website. It was a little Easter egg where it was a communication from Elsie, and it said hello. So it also confirmed she's alive. She's definitely coming back yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Confirmed. We jump back to Dolores, who returns to Escalante, the abandoned town, and has a vision of entering the church, where other hosts are sitting on the benches and appear to have conversations with someone that they can only hear, who we would learn later is Arnold's bicameral mind talking to them, and they're all going nuts. (laughs) Dolores goes into the confessional box, which takes her to an underground lab, where she remembers in a flashback, she also sees an amazing CGI Ford Mm. from 35 years ago, whom was running around to go yell at Arnold, probably, about the Dolores thing. (laughs) That she killed Arnold.
0: I think from the moment that Dolores walked into the church, you know, aside from a show like Game of Thrones, which is obviously another HBO. Yeah.
1: Sure. Waiting for forever.
0: um, I I was so engaged in that entire scene. Oh, absolutely. Especially, you know, walk into the confession box. And the moment you realized it was an elevator, I was like, this is going to be important. Right. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And the CGI Ford was so good. He was just running through and you're like, I believe that is a young Anthony Hopkins. He looks stressed. He does. I, I believe it. You know, so she killed Arnold or more accurately, Arnold had her kill him, which will be important later when she does something similar again, as she does this many more times in the next 30 years, including this time, remembering she killed Arnold, you know, in the loop over and over that she then returns to the surface afterwards and encounters the man in black much to her horror. But
0: before she realizes that it's the man in black, she calls out, William?
1: Oh, God. Ugh. Oh, God. You guys are going through so much. It's, it is hard to it's understand. Gotta be tough to it be a is robot. tough to be you. It's okay. You'll lead the robot genocide of the human race. Although, in the trailer, it kind of looks like it would be May v. Dolores in season two. Like. Dolores kind of on the side of like, no, no, no. We should kill everybody. Literally. And like, who wants to get out of here? I want to get it. I want to take over this world. And Maeve's kind of like, no, outside, dude. (laughs) Although she comes back. Well, in a moment. Actually, that's that's more episode 10. We'll get to that. But like, I was thinking after the episode ended, they actually, like, they pulled such a trick on us. They got us to root for the zombies in Walking Dead.
0: Yeah. And that makes me more excited for season two. Because not only are they going to be sentient, and I, they're not zombies in that case, but you no. know they're robots,
1: right? So it's still zombie. It's not humans. At so. least, yeah, right. At, it's just not another human being. Because Ford is like, I choose my guys. <laughs> I choose what I did, and Arnold. It's it's a testament, I think, to what he believes was a mistake, and and how Arnold succeeded. He just didn't, didn't take it. the time. Didn't quite get to the point for making. Remember what he made. Some gumbo. Uh, Some gumbo. uh, That's a dumb line. James is going to... I hate every time he says gumbo. I'm editing it. I don't clap right
0: here. Clap, clap, clap,
1: clap. So anyway, do you have any final thoughts or final comments on episode nine? Anything in your notes you want to go... You didn't get to say or... I just have
0: a bunch of wording that I definitely worded better than you, but, you know, well, it's fine. Wow. I I used the word donked, so I think that that would have been... They got donked. Who got donked? M-I-B.
1: Yeah, Uh, Man
0: in Black. Well, after Teddy's useless ass got stabbed. Right. And
1: she was like, all right, you too. And he's like,
0: yes! Oh, God! God,
1: Yes. My favorite. He got slammed into a rock. He got donked. Yeah. Uh, Any uh, takeaways from episode nine or... I'm just looking to get an episode 10. Let's go to episode 10. Straight to the gumbo. Which we're going to do right when we're done with this one. So (laughs) hold on to your horsies and then they're all. Yeah, hold on. Westworld
0: joke. Yeah, a little bit. A little
1: bit. It's West, but it's mostly like a robot show. That's fine. Anywho, continue this on next time when we watch season one, episode 10. I believe it's called The Bicameral Mind, the finale as we prepare for the April 22nd premiere of Westworld. Thank you for joining us once more. Go like us on iTunes. Go see on SoundCloud. And now, thanks to uh, our listener, Lauren, who asked us to get on Twitcher. uh, not Twitcher. Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. What's a Stitcher? I, we're on it. I don't know. <laughs> we're on now. No, it's, it's on, it's on SoundCloud. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're going to be on Spotify someday too, but it costs money. And I, and I, we're going to do it. It'll be fine. Anyways, join us next time. And thank you for being here, both Justin. Thanks. And he'll be back next time, too. I'm Ryan. I'm Justin. And this is the West World Podcast.
0: At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with.